Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas. Yoradeya, Chelik Sheni, Hilcha Shavuos, Halacha Beis, Paragraph Lamed Hay. Hopefully we're going to complete this Halacha today, Mitzvah We dedicate the learning today, Le'ilu Nishmas, Yentefradl Bas Rabbi Shuarye, Harini Kaporas Mishkova, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, Chana Bas Sora, Michal Esther Bas Ruhia, Gitgenendel Bas Sipoira, Lebalei Bas Sipoira, Yaakov Yeshua Ben Freindel Rechel, Shlemen Issa Ben Mazel, Avram David Ben Chana, Sor Gittel Bas Chana Riva, Hindachasa Bas Chana, Miriam Esther Bas Sor Gittel, David Lei Ben Shena, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Shira Dvoira Bas Miriam, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Chaim ben Rachel, Chaim Arye ben Brocha, Simcha Sora bas Ahuva, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora bas Hadasa, Tuvi Tzvi ben Chaya Aliza, Yehudis Ruchama bas Chavarus, Sor Yehudis bas Sora, Ayelet Sheshana bas Chanaleya, Liana Golda bas Chanafega, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Ella Basora, David Chaim Ben Ella, Yosef Ben Mazel Umishpachtoi, Dvoira Gila Simcha Baschava, Besoich Shar Choli Israel. We started speaking about the topic of Tzedakah in the previous year, as it related to what we were learning here, and now Rav Nosson Zal continues. V'zeh shemav paragraph lamed hei, v'zeh shemavur b'simen reish nun alef b'likutim aran, and this is related to what Rav Nosson explains in chapter 251, al-posuk u'tzdoko tihiyelonu, kol hatzdokois. Rav Nosson explains there that an ish emes, a person who is really, really honest and truthful, that person draws to himself all tzedakos. Ki hatzdoko nimsheches emes, Because Rabbein Azal explains over there that tzedakos is drawn to emes. Now the way Rabbein Azal defines ish emes in that chapter is a person who performs mitzvahs b'shlemus with every detail, <clears throat> the mitzvahs that pertain to a person's relationship with Hashem, and he does it with the same level of detail that he's particular as if he's in front of people. Meaning when he's in a private place and nobody's looking, no one's watching, he's the same exact person as when he's in front of other people. And Rabbi Nezal says, that person has the ability to draw all tzedakahs to himself. Because he says, people who are not honest like this, the, the tzedakah remains distant from them, and it's not by them, because tzedakah is naturally drawn to emes. And here Rabbi Nezal quotes a posseg from, from, from Yeshaya Hanavi, chapter 59, the whole chapter there is really speaking about emes and righteousness. And one of the things that the Pasuk says there, Utsdaka me rochoik tamoid, 
tztoko will stand in the distance, ki koshlo borochoiv emes, because there's no truth in the streets. So we see this connection between tztoko and emes. And also the, the Zohar Kodesh and Parshas Emor makes a similar reference where the tztoko says that tztoko is synonymous with emes and brings a proof from the Pasuk we find by Yehuda when, when Yehuda had relations with his daughter-in-law, Tamar, under all kinds of extraordinary circumstances, and this was part of the plan of Hashem as to how David HaMelech and Moshiach would come into the world. And this was obviously when she was no longer married to his son. His son was dead. So at the time, Yehuda said, Tzadka Mimeni. And the term Tzadka there refers to truth that she is more honest than I am in ter- ter- terms of revealing her what, what she did. And Yehuda, up until that point, had concealed what he did. Rav Zal says, Ayin Shom Hetev, take a study of that chapter in Likut Imran well, chapter 251, Mashem Avur Shom, what Rav Zal explains there, that when a person does the wrong type of charity, that not only doesn't it increase peace in the world, but it increases conflict and controversy in the world. And it causes people to have all kinds of thoughts of atheism, denial of Hashem. Ayin Shom, take a look over there in Likut Imran. Because we know that one of the main reasons for a person giving tzedakah is to promote shalom, to promote peace. As it says clearly in Pirkei Avos, A person gives more charity, they increase the peace in the world. Because they're, they're taking these two people who are naturally distant from each other, the wealthy person and the poor person, and they're making a bond between them. They're bringing them close together. The Iker HaSholoim Hu Emes. And the real tr- definition of peace is when it goes together with truth. Ho Emes Ehovu. As the Pasuk says in Zechariah Novi, you should love truth and peace. Because so long as the sheker, the falseness, is still prevalent and is still powerful, it's not called peace at all. Because most definitely, one thing is for sure, that Hashem, who is Emes, Hashem is truth, Hashem always is really on top. And in the end, Hashem is going to see to it that everything is going to work out the way He wants it to be. As the Pesach says in Tehillim chapter 92, you, Hashem, are always exalted, very high. And as Rashi Kodesh says on that Pasuk, 
You, Hashem, will always come out on top. Even if it seems at certain times that things are not going the way Hashem would really want it to go, in the end, people see that everything really, really worked out the way Hashem wanted it to be. And even now, when we're going through the severe bitterness of the exile, whereby the sheker in the world is so powerful from all sides. We're surrounded by every different type of sheker, and the sheker is powerful. And the truth has been thrown to the ground. And in additional, the Gemara says, the emes has crumbled in a sense. And, and everybody's saying that they're the emes, even though they're not. There's, there's 55 different people claiming that their way is the true way. Each one is saying that they are the truth. Despite this, the true, true essence of, of emes, of truth, still exists. It's there through Hashem's incredible, incredible miracles. And every single day, the forces of Tumah rise up to try to hide and eliminate the, the real truth. And Hashem saves the emes from the hands of all of its opponents. Here, Rav Nosenzal is obviously also referring to the machloikis that he and the Breslavers endured during his time, where there was such strong opposition against them. And it looked as if Breslav was going to be wiped out completely. And, and Rav Nosenzal is saying that the, the truth will endure despite all the opposition, despite all the, 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 the suffering. And as the Pasuk says, that from the sounds of the powerful waters of the ocean, this refers to all of the confusion and all the, the, the mistaken ideas that people have. That's where all of these screams and insults that are hurled at the Jewish people and at the religious people by non-Jews and by all types of Rishoim and all types of people who oppose the Kedusha. However, with all of that noise, with that Umikulam Adir Bamoroim Hashem, Hashem is still way on top of all of it. And as the Pasuk says, Yemin Hashem Roimema, the right hand of Hashem is on top. And as Rabbein Zal once expressed in Yiddish, God feared Tomid Ois. Hashem always completes what he wants to complete. He always sees what he wants to see followed through. Hashem Yisborach Goimer Tomid. 
as it says in Chaim Aran, paragraph 188. And therefore, when someone wants to arrange a peace where the truth will submit itself to the Sheker, the truth, the true opinion, will submit to the, to the false opinion and allow them to, to, to be in control, that's not called peace. Kiim chanufa, the sheker, that's called flattery, a wrong type of flattery and falseness. As Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in, in chapter 22 in the second half of Likut Imran. Ki ho emes eino yochol hisbatel neged hasheker b'shumoifem. Because the truth cannot be eliminated and submit completely to the sheker. Kisfas emes tikoin lad. Because the Torah guarantees that the truth will, will be around forever. The kushto koi. And as the Gemara says, emes stands solid. Ram Nusan Sal says, take a look for further discussion on this in Likuti Halochis Hilchas Shabbos, Halacha Vav, Paragraph Ches. The Iker Hasholim, who Kisha Hasheker, Nichne, Umizbate, Legabi Hoemes. And the real peace is when the Sheker submits to the Emes. Vezezezoichen Alidet Stoko Beemes. And this will be able to see accomplished when staka is given properly with emes, as we learned in the previous year. Through that, we, we submit, we cause the left to become sub- subservient to the right. And this is why the Mishnah says in Perkiovois that the more proper staka there will be, the more peace there will be. And that's one of the most important benefits of Tzedakah, that it promotes achas, Because peace and truth are really one. But when a person gives money, in order to be shown respect for personal kavoy, and they're using that to empower them to insult people that are beneath them, that kind of thing. That person increases the conflict and controversy in the world through their wrong type of tzedakah. And that increases lack of faith in Hashem, denial of Hashem. And as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in chapter 251, the main tikkun for this is the Ish Ho'emes, a person who is on such a high level that by them there's no difference whether they're in, with people or they're by themselves. They keep the same super high level standard. I'd like to take this opportunity to mention recently there was a man that passed away in America from the five towns, Rabbi Israel Yitzchok ben Tuvia, Mr. Ed Berkowitz, 
who I had the privilege of knowing, had the privilege of knowing his son, Tuvia Berkowitz, <coughs> who was an outstanding Breslava Chassid, who made Aliyah Teretz Yisrael with his whole family, and his other son, Yibod Chaim Toivim. <coughs> and and when, when, the, when the son spoke about his father, this is exactly how he described his father, that anyone that knew him knew that this is a person <coughs> who was one, we, we talk about a person who's two-faced, that concept of two-faced, or a person who acts a certain way in public and differently when they're not in public. And this son who spoke about this was a son who was in business with his father for 30, 40 years and lived with his father. He saw him day and night and saw him in every different type of circumstance. And he saw that there was never, never another side to him. <clears throat> there was only this honesty, this level of straight and honest and sincere. No false flattery to anyone, no matter how powerful the person was. <clears throat> when it came, there was a time in, in their business, as many businesses, when they were approached by the mafia, which wanted to take control and wanted to... And because this person was completely honest, and therefore was 100% connected to Hashem, there was no fear, mafia nothing, mafia is nothing. The mafia compared to Hashem, there's nothing to compare. So I don't have to be afraid, I don't have to flatter him, I don't have to play up to him. And this mafiosa ended up becoming his friend and having tremendous deep respect and love. They seemed like two people who had nothing in the world in common, <clears throat> <clears throat> Yet when they would get together, this mafioso would speak to him, would want to speak to him about life to discuss this, because he saw this pure, pure emis. <clears throat> and we said the main tikkun is through this isho emis, who has the ability to draw to himself all of the tzedakos. Bebchinas, utztoko tihiyelonu. The tzedakos will be to us. We'll come, come ishimavur sham, besimen reishon on Aleph and Aleph, as Rabbein Azal expounds on this over there, in chapter 251, Ayin <coughs> Shom. We believe that our Rebbe, Rabbein Azal, is the ultimate example of this Isho Emes. And we hope and pray that Rabbein Azal should be able to draw to himself <clears throat> all of the tzedakos that are needed now. Breslov B'liya and Hora is expanding and growing by the second. And Tzorche Amcha Marubim, there's so many incredible needs. And Hashem has, there is wealth, there is money. Hashem <clears throat> should help that the tzedakos should go to the Isho Emes and to the Anshe Emes in order that it could bring about the, the real Shalom in the world that's needed. There's so much fighting going on. Everywhere, everywhere, North Korea, South Korea, America, China, Iran, Lahavdal, Eretz Yisrael, <clears throat> and in Eretz Yisrael, the fighting and fighting every step of the way, fighting <clears throat> and people supposedly waving a banner of democracy, which supposedly is another word for peace. <clears throat> and it reminds me of what Reb Michal Zichron Avrocha used to say, that Nikita Khrushchev, you could probably say Yamach Shemoy one of the leaders of the communist bloc, 
was once, once came to the United Nations in the 1950s. Uh, the United Nations, which is the ultimate center of the Sitrachra, all the snakes and scorpions together in, in one, under one roof. So naturally, they gave this snake scorpion the, the privilege of speaking. And he got up to speak, and it seems that there were some people who were smirking. You know, they, they saw, this is, this is like when they invited Yasser Arafat. Again, the United Nations invited the ultimate terrorist, Yasser Arafat, to speak there with his gun and everything, murder a murder, terrorist, evil, wicked, you wouldn't say person or animal. I don't want to insult the people. I don't want to insult the animals. So when Khrushchev got up to speak and there was some noise in the room, he took off his shoe and he banged his shoe on the podium and he said, we, we, the USSR, we stand for peace. And if we have to kill, if we have to destroy three quarters of the world, there'll be peace. That, that's peace. Paragraph Lamed Vav, the final paragraph in this, in this chapter. And now we can understand the Gemara and the Halacha, which says that when you're collecting charity, there should be two people together going to collect. And when you're distributing charity, there should be three people working together to ensure that it's being done honestly and properly. That the main distribution of charity has to be done by a committee, by three people. And that's, as we spoke in the previous shiurim here, that's emes, aleph, mem, tov, beginning, middle, and end. Shehu meshulosh. The emes is triple. Bebechinas roish toich soif kanam. Because a Jew has to attach himself very, very powerfully to this honesty and truthfulness. And beg Hashem very, very much before a person distributes charity whether it's his own personal charity that he's distributing, or it's money that was raised from a group of people, and now that money is being distributed. What should be the prayer? That I should be to know the real truth, to know exactly how much should be given to each and every person, and who should receive, who shouldn't receive what the priorities should be. And that I, I shouldn't make any mistakes and give money to people who aren't really worthy and deserving of this money. So that I shouldn't make things worse in the world through the charity that I'm distributing. But rather, but rather I should be to give tzedakah to real, legitimate, poor people who study Torah and who pray real, for real, honestly. Because the real perfection 
And the real accomplishment of tzedakah is dependent on this emes. Question in the chat, we mentioned in the previous year that one of the, one of the important elements in the quality of tzedakah is where the person who's giving doesn't know exactly who's receiving and the person who's receiving doesn't know exactly who it's coming from. And how could this promote a bond between them and promote showing? The answer is because Hashem is overseeing this whole process. And Hashem sees to it <clears throat> that, that when a person gives stalker, let's say, again, through a gabite stalker, through a person who's collecting and distributing that stalker, Hashem sees to it that the one who's giving should have a good feeling about it and should have a good feeling about who it's being given to, even though they don't know exactly who the person is. They know, a certain, they know it's a certain community or a certain group of people. They don't know the actual person who got their money so that they could have any wrong type of expectations from that person. How come that person isn't showing me more respect? Doesn't he know that I gave him some... No, he doesn't know that you gave him and you don't know who exactly who you gave it to. And, and that takes away that element. And the Torah promises that when people will give tzedakah to the... When the tzedakah that people are giving will be given to the right type of people, <clears throat> then it will promote shalom. It will promote peace between both groups. The poor people will have respect and love for the, for the wealthy people and the wealthy people and, and appreciation and the wealthy people will have respect and love and appreciation for the poor people. Because as we learned earlier, the Gemara says, Hashem doesn't need you. Hashem could have given it to the poor person by himself. He's allowing you to give it in order that it should be an atonement for your sins, in order that it should save you from death. There's a death warrant out on a person, chas v'shon. And the Torah says, Tzedakah tatzel mimoves. And Tzedakah saves from all kinds of struggles. Rahmanu v'tzlam. Any Baruch Hashem, with this we complete this halacha. Any other questions, please? Yes. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Um, you know, I understand that the businessman can be truthful in different areas and that's the right thing. But what about uh, the, you know, each person, you know, husband or father, the same person in different situations have to act very differently. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, how it's uh, connected to the MS. Sure, you sure. Know, I have to be MS on all the fronts. Sure, sure. I'll, I, I, hands, I, I think I know what you're saying, and I'll give an example of it. That we're told that when a child does something very, very wrong, a parent is allowed to and supposed to make believe that they're very angry, very, to show a very angry face, even though it's, it's just on the outside. In the inside, they love the child, they don't, but they know the child needs to see that in order to realize that they did something terrible and in order to know not to do that again. That, that's not the kind of sheker, that's, that's okay. And even the tzaddik, Rabbi Nezal in chapter 60 in Likutei Moran explains that, that when, when a person needs to get out of prison, 
sometimes one of the ways that people get out of prison is by putting on a disguise, by disguising themselves to be someone that they're not. A person wants to get out of prison, he, he, they sneak into the prison address and this, and the person dresses up like a woman, and then at some point in time, the woman goes out and the guards know the woman isn't a prisoner or anything, they, they let her out, you know, that, that kind of thing. There are stories like that. There's a posset, Mishane Ponov Vatishlocheyu. And Rabbi Nezal explains there that that's why sometimes the tzaddik has to put on a disguise. <clears throat> and he has to, by telling stories, for example, and so that on the outside it sounds like a story, a story that's very, very not dangerous in any kind of way whatsoever, not going to change anybody's life. But underneath that story is a message, you know, a very, very powerful, very high-level Torah in order to take a person out of prison, you know, to take a person out of their spiritual jail, that kind of thing. We're talking about a person who's lying in, 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 a, in a situation where they shouldn't be lying, where they're not allowed to be lying, where they're, they're acting false and fake. When they're in front of people, they put on a certain pretense as if they're very sweet and religious and nice, and when they're not in front of people in their own in the privacy of their own home or in private, that they'll they'll act completely different in an improper kind of way. That, that's the point that I'm making. So a question in the chat. So when a person gives stalker to the tzaddik and the tzaddik distributes it, it promotes a bond between all who are connected with the tzaddik? The answer is yes, number one. <clears throat> and, and not just those that are connected to the tzaddik, but even those who aren't connected, it promotes world peace. And in addition, Rabbi Nezal explains in a chapter on the Quran based on the Gemara, that a tzaddik is not one person. A tzaddik, depending on how great a tzaddik, is like 600,000 people. When a person is giving to a tzaddik, a true tzaddik, who's a true leader, giving to him is like giving to a thousand people or 50,000 people. Okay, now we're going to go on to Hilchas Kibudovoim Halacha Aleph, which we haven't learned yet. And then for in, in this, we're going to skip Halacha Beis for now, because we did that. If you recall, Halacha Beis is all about Pesach, and we learned this a few weeks ago as an introduction to the holiday of Pesach, which we were expecting. So first we have Hilchas Kibodovoim, Halacha Aleph. Rav Nosanzal writes, Ki Isa, it's brought in the writings of the Arizal, in the Sefer Likutei Torah, Parshas Vayera, <clears throat> that parents provide a garment for the neshama of their child. We know that another word for neshama is the seichel, the brain of a person, their mind. <clears throat> As Rav writes this in chapter 5 in the second half of Likut Imran, and as we say every morning when we put on tefillin, Shahaneshama Shebamoichi Imshar Chushai Vekoichoisai. Nimza Shekol Sichloi Vahasagosoi Mekabel Alide Levush Shemekabel Meove Vimoi. 
This teaches us that the entire knowledge and wisdom and intellect of a child is dependent on this garment that they receive from their parents, this spiritual garment. And the more light that's in that garment that's being provided by the parents, the higher the level of light and intellect of the, of the, of the child. And this is one of the reasons why a child is required to show respect to the parents because when a child shows respect to parents, that infuses light into their neshama. As Rabbi Nezal explains this in chapter 37 on Likudimran, where Rabbi Nezal speaks about the, the Gemara that says that a Jew is required to show respect to a Talmud Chacham who, when he gets older, he forgets his learning. And we're still required to show him respect. And the Gemara continues, And be careful to show respect to the children of Ameoretz, children of parents who are not learned at all. And people think, well, from this, these kind of parents, their children will definitely not be Tamidichachomim and definitely do not deserve respect. The Gemara says, don't say that. Shemehem Because very often, you'll have children whose parents are not rabbis and not Tamidichachomim, and the child becomes a rabbi, a Talmud Chacham. Ayin Shom. Take a look over there. In chapter 37 in Likut Imran, where Rabbi Nezal expounds on this Gemara. Vaklal, basically, to summarize the, the, what Rabbi Nezal is trying to say there, Sheshoyresh Hakoil Hu Hakovoy. The source and roots of everything is Kovoid, respect. We mentioned this many times that Hashem created the world with ten statements, ten statements of creation, Asorama Moros. And there's a posuk, uvehecholoi kuloi oimer kavoi. And all of these oimers, all of these amiros, all of these statements of Hashem are kavoid, meaning that everything in creation was created for Hashem's kavoid. And <clears throat> every single one of the ten branches in creation is a different display of kavoid, of Hashem's kavoid. So Rav Nosanzal says, And therefore, the roots of everything, the beginning of everything, the foundation of everything is kovoid. And everything is attracted to and yearns towards its roots. It's drawn to its roots. And therefore, and therefore, when someone, when someone shows respect to somebody else, that awakens that person's soul and that reveals the beauty of that person's soul. Ayn Shom, take a look in Torah Lamed Zion where Abenazal expounds on this. 
וזהו קבי דסוויכו וסימכו למען יאריכו נימכו. And this is why the Pesach says, show respect to your father and mother so that you'll have long life. Ki arichas yomim hibechinas hasogas hachochma. Because the term long life is used in spiritual terms to refer to high-level knowledge and intellect. As Rabbi Nezal points this out in many different places. As the Pesach says, Knowledge, intelligence is, is life. So when we talk about long life, we're talking about higher level knowledge, higher level intellect. By the children showing respect to the parents, this expands and enlarges the nefesh of the parents. And then when their nefesh is shining more brightly, then the garment that they give to the children is, is stronger, shines more brightly. And through this, the child will be to achieve and receive new chachma, high-level chachma, from, through that garment which they're receiving from the parent. And that's what the Torah is referring to when it speaks about this bracha of long life. It means higher level chachma and seichel, and intellect, that a person is zeichet to by showing respect to the parents. I remember as a child, it made a very big impression on me. One of my rebbe's, I believe he's still living, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok Mitnik, who was a Rebbe in Yeshiva Torah and a well-known personality, and he was an extraordinary person. When he would teach, he taught fifth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. When he would teach, he would put everything into it, all of his energy into it. Like, like Dovr Amel says about tefillah, that when a person's davening, they're supposed to put everything, their whole essence, into the tefillah. Just like it says by Noyach, Hashem told Noyach, take yourself and your entire household and bring it into the ark. And the word, the Hebrew word for ark is teva. Teva means an ark, and teva also means the word. And the Baal Shem Tov says that when a person is speaking words of Torah or tefillah, you're supposed to put your entire self and everything into the words of the tefillah. So this Rebbe, when he was teaching, would put every ounce of energy that he had. He, didn't, he wasn't screaming. Now you didn't have to, but you could tell everything he had was going into that energy with which he was teaching the Torah. And sometimes at the end of the day, he would show us that the back, the collar of his shirt was soaked from perspiration from the energy that he put into it. He had a tremendous love for Torah, a tremendous love for his students, and a tremendous love for sharing, for teaching Torah. And when we had a siyum, when we finished a Gemara, we finished something, he made a suda for the class, a banquet, a banquet, a suda for the siyum, again, to show the incredible importance of, of Torah. When, when in university a person completes a course, they, they, they don't make a siyum. 
But in Torah, when a person completes something, there's a siyam, there's an incredible element of a siyam. And I remember he invited his parents, the Rebbe invited his parents to the siyam. And his father, the Rebbe at the time was maybe 40-ish, his father was 70-ish, you know, that, that age, which to us as kids looked like a very, very, very old man. And the father was not a rabbi, a Talmud Chacham, he was a working person. And I remember how, how special it seemed that from these parents who were not rabbis or anything, they sent their son to yeshiva in those days, in the 1940s and 50s, when the Jews in America, <clears throat> when not everybody understood the importance of sending their children to yeshiva and the, important, the value of learning Torah and teaching Torah. And, and from a set of parents like this came forth a Rebbe like this who taught hundreds, maybe thousands of students. I remember at one point <clears throat> he left teaching, he left teaching Torah, and we were told because he had to support his family and the, the salary from teaching wasn't enough. And he was selling life insurance for a number of years. And then I heard years later that he went back to teaching because he couldn't, he couldn't stay away. This was his life, you know, giving over Torah, teaching Torah. A question in the chat that when we're speaking about Kibbut Avoim, does this apply only to parents who gave their child a proper education, religious or otherwise? <clears throat> the answer is not necessarily, not necessarily. As long as the parents are not anti-religious and trying to block or prevent the child from being religious, the child is required to treat them with as much respect as possible, as possible. When a parent tells a child to go against Hashem, clearly against Hashem, against the Torah, against a tzaddik, or to, to fight, to, to get involved in machlekes or things like that, there the child is not supposed to listen not supposed to respect that opinion. But other than that, every opportunity to show respect is, is very much required and important. Any questions? Good morning, Rebusson. Morning. Uh, it, it seems that this is an ongoing process, meaning at birth, this the cycle is given, invested in <coughs> into the child, but then through the course of life, that is built and strengthened, is that correct? A hundred percent. One hundred percent correct. Yes. That's what the Arizal is showing us. That by performing, as, uh, as children grow up, uh, as they continue to perform this mitzvah of kibbut of aim, giving this kavod, kavod, <coughs> that we know that the nefesh, Rabbi Nezal speaks about this in other places in Likud Imran, the nefesh is synonymous with kavod. The nefesh, original, all the Jewish souls, are carved out from under the Kisei HaKovoy. So Nefesh and Kovoy go together. And, and the Arizal tells us, and Rav Nosenzal is clarifying it, that when we show respect to parents, <clears throat> now, now Kovoy is also synonymous with Malchus, which is referred to as the garment, the Levush. Hashem Moloch Geus Lovesh. So when a person shows Kovoy to parents, <clears throat> There, we're expanding their nefesh. We're, we're lighting up their nefesh. And the garment that we need for our seichel comes from their nefesh. So by increasing the voltage in their nefesh, 
were increasing the voltage in the malbush that we're receiving from their nefesh, which gives us the ability to increase and expand our chachma, our seichel, our ability, our hasoda salakus, our ability to understand Hashem. Thank you, Rav Nelson. So, what I'm understanding is two-way traffic. On the, on the one, on the one hand, by by honoring parents, they're giving us this voltage, so to speak. But by honoring them, since the shorish the bria is covered, they are also grown and getting. Is, is that definitely, that dynamic? definitely. This came up in a conversation that I had with someone yesterday, I believe, or two days ago. <clears throat> Rav Nelson writes about this in a different place. That when a Jew has is in a low place spiritually or in any other kind of way <clears throat> and somebody insults them they insult them they're, they're burying that person they're putting that person pushing that person all the way down because the person has become distant from their from their roots the roots are the kisya kovoid the hashem which is the the ball of kovoid <clears throat> and by when a person's down like that and treating that person with respect giving them self-worth building up their self-esteem, you can save that person's life. You know, that's extremely important. Unfortunately, that's the tragedy. We hear many, many stories of, of a boy in a class or a girl in a class who did something wrong or who was misbehaved, who wasn't good. And a teacher went ahead and insulted them or embarrassed them or made fun of them. And that was like the final cut. That gave that boy or girl the, the opening to leave Judaism or to, or, or to commit suicide or all kinds of terrible, terrible things. And instead, I remember my Rebbe Reb Michal Zohar used to quote a Pasuk in Mishlei, Al toichach letz pen yisnoeko. Don't rebuke a person by calling them letz. You're an idiot. You're, an, you're, you're nothing. You know, that because the person might come to hate you for it. And Rav Michal used to say, on the contrary, when a child does something wrong, to say, I, I don't understand. You're such a good person. You're so smart. How, how could you do something like this? And the, usually, in that way, you can turn the person around completely. It's not 100%, but in many, many cases, by showing that person respect, that, that awakens their neshama, that turns on the light, the spark inside of them, and that gives them the ability to turn around, to improve. Rav Nelson, I, I want to ask a question. We're talking about Kibbutz uh, Avim, we're talking about Chinook, uh, and we're talking about Torah. Um, I, I, maybe you could help, since we're discussing a little bit of your upbringing, I, I spoke with my grandfather, who's 95, and he told me that his grandparents were tour observant because they came off the boat, but his parents, they, they didn't know why, and then he said, when I got married, I threw my tefillin out, and I became reformed. Now, I just want to understand, Rav Nassim, what happened in, in Brooklyn? What, 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 what is this? I, I, can you shed some light for a minute or two? Uh, I, I believe, yes, that during those years, uh, post during the, the early 1900s, <clears throat> through the period of after World War II, when the world was in so much turmoil, you know, after world, during World War I, and after World War I and World War II, 
this country, America, suddenly took a, a front stage position in the world, the United States of America, <clears throat> land of the free, land of the brave. And many people from Europe especially came to the United States. And, and to the people coming from Europe, the United States was called the Golden Medina, the, the golden country, the country where you can make money. People who lived in, in, in those in Europe during that time, the majority of them, not all, there were some wealthy Jews, but the majority lived in poverty, <clears throat> didn't have any ma major education, they weren't allowed into the secular schools and universities in most, most countries and stuff, and they, they were used to a life of poverty. And everybody was told that the American dream, you'll come to the United States, here a Jew is, a, Jews are treated fairly equally, democracy, and you can go to school and you can get an education, you can become a lawyer, a doctor, or you, you can become wealthy. And the Taivas Momoin, this issue of money, which, which we've spoken about, we spoke about it earlier when it came, when we introduced the topic of tzedakah, money is elokus, you know, it's to, to people, that's, that's their religion, that's their G-O-D. And unfortunately, many, many people succumbed to that. <clears throat> and in America, during those years, in order to be able to get any decent kind of job, you had to be willing to work on Shabbos. And you had to be willing to put in long hours. Don't give me any of this business of going to shul, you know, have, about Shachris and Minch and Marv. Forget that nonsense, chas v'shom. You want to make money? You got to be at work eight o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning, and you got to stay till six, seven, eight o'clock at night if you want to succeed. That was the religion. That was the, the religion of the United States of America at that time. And unfortunately, some of the Jews who were who who were distant from Yiddishkeit were promoting that also in a big way. That in America you can't. You can't be religious. You can't have those ancient customs, you know, and the, say, the ancient clothing that you were wearing. Here it's all about assimilating, becoming part of joining civilization, joining the American civilization and being part of the American dream. And a majority of Jews, unfortunately, could, didn't withstand the test. And even though their parents were very religious, pious people, many of them fell, Rahman al-Islam. But the, the Gemara says, that the Torah that the Torah is so powerful that sometimes even when one generation or two generations leave, the third generation or the fourth ends up coming back. And, and we, we're living this during our times, seeing thousands of, of children, grandchildren turning around, coming back, becoming religious when their parents weren't, you know, you know etc., etc. Thank you, Rav So, how'd your father do it? He, I, I, miracle. I could only say miracle. Both, both parents, you know, who went through the Holocaust. What did they do? They, they daven, they, they learned, they sent you to... I mean, Yeshua, exactly. They, number one, they went, my father worked very hard. <clears throat> he didn't, he didn't go to shul for Shahid during the six days of the week. He, it seemed to him that there was no possibility of going to shul. He had to be at his job at, as a cutter in a factory at 8 a.m. 
the travel was about an hour and a half from where he lived to get the job. So he would leave the house 6.30 in the morning, but not before having put on tefillin, talus and tefillin, and davening shachris. I remember waking up early because we lived also not close to the yeshivas that I went to. So I had to take buses to get to school. So I remember I met that sight of seeing him sitting in the kitchen with his talus and tefillin on, davening, and my mother was up right 5 a.m. or for, you know, breakfast was prepared ready so that he could eat in 10, 15 minutes, Birkus and out the door to work. And coming home 10, 11 o'clock at night, that was one job from 8 to 6. Then he would take a subway from downtown Brooklyn to uptown Manhattan to Harlem, where he oversaw a, a laundromat and fixed the machines himself, you know, worked very hard, but, but sent the kids to yeshiva, paid tuition yeshiva, not full tuition. He brought them his IRS statement, everything to show, but, but paid something, did the maximum. And again, after a work week like that, there was never, now Friday, and I, I, didn't, I don't remember this, but my father told this to me when I was in America recently, when my mother passed away, I had a chance I spent seven weeks with my father, and my father told me that one thing he never gave in, Friday, 12 o'clock, no matter what, no matter when. He said, you want overtime, you want more time for me? I'll do it during the week, I'll come in Sunday. But Friday, 12 o'clock, it's, it's awesome. I'm in awe at hearing this, because again, he only had the opportunity to go to yeshiva till he was about 17 years old. At the age of about 17 is when World War II took off, and it was running, it was running for his life. And being in places where there was no Yiddishkeit at all, Siberia, other places like that, Russia at the time, you know, and Rahman al Islam. I, I think it's only a, a gift from Hashem, a gift to me and my sister, and to, you know, that, that Hashem protected and watched over my parents, that they were able to remain religious, you know, despite all of those, what they went through, and despite the difficult, difficult circumstances. In, in raising a family in the United States at that time. Baruch Hashem. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to go off the topic. Oh, I just no. wishing, like... wishing everybody a wonderful day. Remember, today is Tuesday. Thursday is Erev, Yom, Erev Rosh Hashanah, Erev Rosh Chodesh. And there's a Yom Kippur Cotton this month. Uh, I'm sorry, there is no Yom Kippur Cotton because it's Nisan. It's Nisan. There will not be, since it's the final day of Nisan, there's no Yom Kippur Koton, but it's still Erev Rosh and two days of Rosh coming, and we're in Sphira Soimer, when days where we're trying to climb the ladder. <coughs> we should be zeichet to, to climb every day and to, to, to give tzedakah the right way and to, bring, to promote real peace in Klal Yisrael and in the world and to see the Gula Shlema, to see the Gula Shlema. A question in the chat, but if parents didn't give the child any levushim for their neshama, if they weren't against Hashem, they just weren't connected to Him in any way, why is the child required to be mechabedem? The answer is, number one, because even if the parents were not religious, it seems there's still some of this going on. There is levush being given, that by them feeding the child, and being up at night with the child and, and providing physical, all the physical needs, they're still, they're still contributing in this way. 
And then there's this incredible issue of Hakora Satoyev, of a person showing appreciation that if someone helps you, if somebody does something for you, you're required to show genuine appreciation. And if a person doesn't, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Chas Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Nadasa.